As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. It's Friday night, and tonight we're going to wrap up our teaching called How to Navigate a Pandemic and Other Coming Periods of Isolation. And tonight is the big one. And just before the camera started rolling, we were talking between us, me, Denise, and Maxime, about the subject tonight. And Maxime said, may I please be dismissed from home group tonight? <laughs> Maxime, why did you say I that? I said it because I know what you're going to talk about, and I already feel convicted. But uh, honestly saying, I need to be a part of this home group because I need to hear it, because I need to do it. Well, we don't want anybody to be condemned. And I want to say that we talked about closets and doing projects in your home last night. And I just want to confess to you one thing. Now, I have a perfect closet in our bedroom. I just enjoy it so much. But I do have another closet that I need to tackle. Which one is that? In the hallway. Okay. Rick, every time I open that door, I just want to close it. Well, Denise, what, where have you been doing? Opening the door and closing it. Well... <laughs> Use the moment. Use the moment. Maybe that is the reason why you haven't been released from your shutdown. Maybe it's waiting on you to finish the closet. That's very interesting observation. Very interesting. Rick. Hey, if God's oh. given you opportunity to clean the closet or the garage, do it. And you know what? I was thinking last night when we were finished with our home group. If you're one of those people, your house looks spotless but you don't want anybody to go in your bedroom because you know the condition of your bedroom, then that's your assignment. Maybe it's not your closet. Maybe it's your bedroom. Rick, I think people get afraid. I know that when I look at that closet that I'm talking about, that I was like, oh, close the door. Just block it out of your mind. And you get afraid because it just looks so monumental and you're thinking, what do I do with all this stuff? Well, it give, give it away. Just give it, it away. It is a thought. There's a lot of stuff you can give away. But, hey, we want you to have the free download. Get it right now. Renner.org or call us. How to Navigate a Pandemic and Other Coming Periods of Isolation or Aloneness. How to Fill the Hours and Make Them a Benefit. Make them into something positive. That's the only choice you have. Do nothing or do something. And boy, tonight we're going to talk about something you can really do, and it's going to help you. But there's a whole series that goes with it. It's our regular TV program. Hey, if you did not order this, this is the last day that we're offering it. How to Navigate a Pandemic and Other Coming Periods of Isolation, five parts. It's me and Denise together, and it is really fun. It will help you. And I want you to have my brand new spanking book, brand spanking new, Build Your Foundation. Six must-have beliefs. You know, we're in a world today where everybody is negotiating their beliefs. Mm. These are non-negotiables. These are six must-have beliefs for constructing an unshakable Christian life. We're living in a world that's shaken, and guess what? It's going to become more shaken. So we need to have an unshakable Christian life, and you need to know how to build your foundation so you can withstand anything that comes down the pike. And once you also have my book called Last Day's Survival Guide, the foreword is written by Perry Stone, whom I respect so much. The subtitle says, A Scriptural Handbook to Prepare You for These Perilous Times. You've got to grab your boots and your Bible 
and get ready to stomp through this season in victory, and you can. Mm -hmm. Amen? But tonight, we're going to continue talking about how to maximize quarantine, isolation, shutdown, what you can do in a season when you're isolated. And tonight, we're going to talk about losing weight and getting in shape. And we're going to go again to Luke 21, 11, where Jesus was prophesying about the future. And he said, there shall be pestilences, speaking futuristically about the end of the age. Pestilence is a Greek word, loimoi, the plural version of the word loimas, plural, which means there's not just going to be one, it's going to be multiple, it's going to be one after another after another. That's not my word, I'm just repeating Jesus, just Jesus. And it describes old diseases that have had new life breathed into them again, or newly emerging diseases or pandemics. Well, here we are, we're living in the fulfillment of Jesus' words. And whether there's a pandemic or not, there's all kinds of isolation in life. Vacations. A disruption in a relationship can result in you feeling very alone. Maybe you have a strange work schedule where you work by yourself. There's all kinds of isolation in life. And you need to know how to maximize those periods. But it is a fact that in the past year, during the pandemic, more than 50% of Americans gained weight, and the same statistic is true for Europeans. Why? Because rather than using the opportunity to lose weight and to exercise and to get in shape, people just plopped on the couch, sunk into the armchair, picked up the remote control, watched TV, ate what they shouldn't eat, ate a lot of desserts, ate a lot of sugar, ate a lot of carbohydrates, just poured down the potato chips and the dip and the soft drinks and everything else as they just day by day got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And now they're wondering how they're going to drape themselves in black clothing when the pandemic is over because they're embarrassed about how much weight they have lost. They came into it already needing to lose weight. They're going to leave it like a blimp. It's all a choice. It's all a choice. So if you're one of those that have gained weight, no judgment. Hey, I know all about gaining weight. Five years ago, I was one heavy man. But a decision was made. And you have to make a decision. Time for that to end. Time for a new season to begin. And tonight, I want us to begin in 1 Corinthians 6.19. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. It says, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? It's talking about the body. Guys, touch yourself. Talking about our human body. It's not just ours. It is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that's why it goes on to say, and you're not your own. This is not ours. We've been bought with a price, our body belongs to the Lord and the Holy Spirit lives in us and we need to treat our temples correctly. Now we're going to jump over to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, a verse that I used as an excuse not to exercise for most of my life. Why? Because it says, for bodily exercise profits little. That's what the King James Version says. So for years and years and years and years and years, that's what I would say. When somebody said to me, do you exercise? I'd say, ah, oh, bodily exercise profits little. I'm scriptural. No reason to exercise. 
I hated exercise. To me, the word exercise was like a four-letter word. I hated exercise. I didn't like gym when I was a kid. I didn't like running. I didn't like, I just didn't like any of it. And the whole idea of exercising, it's painful. It's monotonous. It takes long. You don't see quick results. I just didn't like anything about exercise. And I have another very famous preacher friend, also a Tulsa. And one day he said to me, you know, exercise to me, it's, it's just a four-letter word. He said, I just can't stand it. I don't even like the word exercise. And it kind of just reinforced what I felt about it. Bodily exercise, it just profits little. Well, hey, then I looked at the Greek. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's totally different. That is such a bad translation. First of all, bodily exercise. It's two Greek words. The word soma, which is the Greek word for the body, and the Greek word gymnasia. You hear the word gym? It's the word for the gym. It really means you need to take your body to the gym. Isn't that amazing? But it also shares with the Greek word gumnazo, which was used to portray athletes in the Greek world. They would go into the gymnasium and they were so committed to exercise that they would strip off all their clothes and symbolically they were removing laziness, they were removing slothfulness, they were just throwing off everything that would hinder their movements and hinder their physical developments. And they would really submit themselves to our rigorous workout. And it was believed, now listen to this, and the Apostle Paul knew this when he used this word. It was believed that discipline of the body, discipline of the body, was one of life's chief concerns. And that it was essential for physical, mental, and spiritual advancement. And you know, it is the truth that when you treat your body poorly and you become lazy and you become slothful with your appearance, something's going on really bad spiritually in your life. Mentally, you're letting down. There's a TV program that I watch about really, really big people. And you know what's interesting? 80% of the time, they're people that are poor in the way that they think. Their body is a reflection of something else. It's a, it's a reflection. It's not a weight problem. It's a mental problem. It is a thinking problem. It is a spiritual problem. And the Apostle Paul and the ancients understood that discipline of the body was essential. For physical development, it affects your mind. It really does. And it affects your spiritual advancement in life. And when you begin to really harness your body and get a grip on your body, you begin to think better, you begin to think differently, you begin to feel different, and spiritually you begin to make real advancement in your life. That's just a fact. In fact, this verse says it profits. The first thing it says is bodily exercise profits. And the word profit, the Greek word aphelimos, describes a moral obligation. A moral obligation to do something as an obligation, to be indebted to do something, Originally, it was a legal term used to depict one's duty to fulfill an obligation. And in this context, it means we have an absolute moral duty to exercise. That is a total different take on this verse. I thought it meant you didn't need to exercise. In fact, Paul was saying we are morally obligated to exercise. Well, how about that word little? The word little is a Greek word obligas. It's talking about a short-term effect because the body is short-term. 
but for the time that we're in the body, we are morally obligated to take care of our body, and part of that moral obligation is to exercise. And then, when you go to 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 4, listen to this one. I'm going to add more to it. Paul says that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. What in the world does that mean? How to possess your vessel. Well, the word possess, the Greek word kateomai means to control, to manage, or to win the mastery over the word vessel. The Greek word skaos describes a human body like an instrument or a vessel that you use. You can use it like an instrument. But if your instrument's all clogged up, if your, if your instrument's all rusty, it's no longer usable. And the Apostle Paul is talking about the human body as an instrument that God wants to use. You're an instrument. Are you usable? Are you usable due to your size? Are you usable due, not usable due to the fact that you've not taken care of yourself? This verse says you have to know how to possess your vessel, which means control your body, manage your body, Possess your body, win mastery over your body. And the book of Proverbs says, He who has mastery of himself is greater than one that can take a city. When a person really masters himself, he's gained something spiritually. That's why the Apostle Paul said that it's essential for spiritual advancement. This is about your spiritual life as well. It's not just about your body. Now, no judgment if you're overweight. I understand totally. No judgment if you're out of shape. But if you're in a period of lockdown and you keep getting bigger and bigger, then it's time to turn things around. You have to make a decision and you begin by saying, Lord, my body belongs to you. This body, it's not mine. I've done wrong. I put bad fuel in the tank. Now I've corroded my tank. My blood vessels are full of cholesterol plaque. I have not taken care of me. And Lord, I'm going to start putting right fuel in the tank. I'm going to start using my body, moving my body, get the rust out of my system. This is my instrument, the only one that I have. It is the temple of the Holy <coughs> Spirit. You have to make a decision to begin. And if you're waiting for instant results, that is a daydream. You're not going to have instant results. You've got to do it day by day by day by day by day. Results will come, and when they come, they will really start coming. But if you think that you're going to lose 20 pounds by tomorrow, well, my friend, you're not. If you think you're going to run around the block by next week, you're not. You have to begin. Now, I began exercising, I, I guess nearly five years ago, and I got a trainer. And my trainer was so kind, I was terrified. Denise, I was terrified. I was afraid I was going to hurt my back because I had a back problem. I was really overweight. I was afraid to exercise. He was so kind to me. He said, Rick, come on. Let's do this easy. Do two push-ups. And don't even do full push-ups. Just do a half push-up. Just do two. If you do two today, you did good. You need to start with something that's measurable and something that is doable. Today, I get up and I do push-ups every day. I do 50 to 80 every morning. Get up in the morning, put on my robe, let the dogs out, punch the button on the coffee, do my exercises while I wait for my coffee, grab my coffee, go to the 
TV room where I sit and read my Bible. It just became a part of my life, just like brushing my teeth. I don't think about it. I just do it like I brush my teeth. And it really changed me. It's it changed my life, hasn't it? It has changed me. And this verse also says that we need to know how to possess your vessel in sanctification and honor. And here's part of the problem. People don't honor themselves. The word honor describes your body as being of great worth, something that has value in the eyes of the beholder. You need to value your body. You're marvelously made. I used to have a friend who said, you're, you're marvelously made. Quit putting yourself down. You're marvelously made. That's who you are. And God wants you to treat yourself right. Can I share something right there? Yeah. In Psalm 139, I didn't know this, but I studied it this last year. And in Psalm 139, <clears throat> you can go there later, but it actually says that there is a book in heaven of how God made all your parts. All your parts are written down somewhere in a book in heaven. That's amazing. And when he says, when, when David says, oh, I, gotta, I, I just got to go there. <clears throat> I just got to go there because <clears throat> this is marvelous information for us. Home group, is this helping you tonight? We're wanting to help you. We want you to come out of a period of isolation feeling good about you. And you'll feel better about you if you'll just do what we're talking about, Denise. You know where it, where it says... Um, um, <clears throat> oh, Psalm 139? Yeah, Psalm 139. Okay. What verse? Okay, verse 13. It says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the lower parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they are all written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. And then David says, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God, how great is the sum of them. And, and listen to this next verse, because this is where I want to go to. If I should count them, they would be more in the sands of the seas. When I awake, I am still with you. And he, he is saying, I am so overwhelmed to think that you made me and wrote down all my parts and you created me, and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, that I'm just going over and over again on my bed thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm overwhelmed by it. And just, just, just rationally, listen to this. Do you think that the finest, let's say, a Mercedes-Benz or a Rolls-Royce, do you think that they didn't write down every single part that was created and put together of that car? Of course they did. That's a car. What about you and what about your creator, God? Of course he wrote down every single part about how he put you together 
in his mother in your mother's womb that's how special you are and we're told in first Thessalonians 4 4 that we need to honor who we are we need to hold our bodies in honor yeah in fact it says sanctification sanctification hagiadzo hold it in a special category you need to treat yourself like you're special and if you're putting wrong things in and not taking care of your body, stop it. You say, oh, Brother Rick, I want to stop it. You can just stop it. Proverbs 23, 2 says, put a knife to your throat if thou be a man given to appetite. It's pretty simple. Stop eating. Stop it. Stop it. And we're told in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, I'm going to tell you when this verse really meant something to me. Whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Well, back when I started losing weight, I was eating really bad one day. Sitting there just putting just junk in, just junk in. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Can you eat that to the glory of God, based on this verse? <laughs> I did not like that question, because I knew the answer. No, I, I really could not eat that to the glory of God. Oh, I don't even like that question right now. The Holy Spirit said, can you eat the amount that you're eating to the glory of God? Like if you need 2,000 calories a day, but you are currently putting 4,000 calories in your mouth, and you know that's bad for you, can, can you do that to the glory of God? No, I cannot. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Can you eat like a glutton <laughs> to the glory of God? That's how God talks to me. Can you eat like a glutton to the glory of God? <sighs> no, I can't. The Bible calls it lasciviousness. Mm. Lasciviousness is the same word used to describe the sinners in Sodom and Gomorrah, which means God puts gluttony on the same level of sexual perversion. It's lust. It's the just un uncontrolled consumption of the flesh. I said, no, I cannot eat like a glutton to the glory of God. But you know that question has really helped me over these years because when I'm really eating wrongly, I still hear the Holy Spirit say, can you do that to the glory of God? This verse says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. If I can't do it to the glory of God, then I shouldn't do it. Does that mean you can't ever have ice cream? Does that mean you can't ever have French fries? Does that mean you can't ever have potato chips? No, it doesn't mean that. It just needs you to be, to be measured in how often you do that. I'm not trying to be a killjoy. You can do everything in moderation but you need to do it to the glory of God. That question really helped me. And Denise will tell you, Maxime knows very well, that for the past four or five years of my life, I work on myself all the time. All the time. What I'm eating, I'm changing the way I'm thinking, exercising. And boy, I'm telling you, when you exercise, you feel better, you stand up better, your clothes fit you better, you don't feel embarrassed about yourself anymore, and you prolong your life. One reason people die early it's because they just didn't take care of their instrument. That's just a fact. God intended for us to live a lot longer and healthier. Healthier. But you have to be proactive to do that. 
Well, what does this have to do with the pandemic? Well, more than 50% of people gained weight in the pandemic. They're going to, I'm going to tell you, the weight loss business is going to thrive. But you don't have to be one of those. Just make a decision right now. Put a knife to your throat like we're told in Proverbs chapter 23. Begin to judge yourself. If you judge yourself, you won't be judged. Deal with yourself. You won't be dealt with in another way. Take care of your body. And remember, you are obligated morally to take care of your body and to exercise. And if you do, you will advance physically. You'll become sharper mentally. And you'll make great spiritual progress in your life. It all goes with taking care of yourself. That's just a fact. Anyway, these are all the things we need to do in a pandemic. And we want you to have the free download. Hey, get it right now. Just go to renner.org. How to Navigate a Pandemic and Other Coming Periods of Isolation. It's free. And remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you. And we want to pray for you. Let us know how to pray. Just call us or send us your email and we'll see you in the next home group. Bye-bye. If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it?